Well, there's not, there's not too many times where I can get really uh, too dorky into the church calendar, but today is Trinity Sunday. And Trinity Sunday is the day where we are reminded that our God has, is Father, Son, and Spirit. One of the most hard ways to understand who God is, and yet one of the most beautiful ways to understand who God is. But on this day, it is a day that we are reminded of what we believe. And so, I don't know, did you put that in the, the, I don't see it here. Did you put it in there? I don't know. Did you? You did! You never let me down. And so, one of the things that we, we don't often do and we should do more is read what we believe. And there were, uh, this is called the Apostles' Creed. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with church, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who, you know, aren't so sure or whatever, this is a statement that a long, long time ago, that church fathers and mothers got together and agreed upon, this is what we believe. And it's set up in a way to understand the Trinity. So let us all stand back up again. This is is good. We'll get our legs going a little bit, and we'll say this together. Say it confidently. This is what we believe as a Christian people. Would you say it with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, you may grab a seat. Awesome. Uh, And for those of you who are just maybe confused Catholic, that just means universal. There you go. Everybody. All right. Awesome. Well, I want to just say really quick, last week, thank you for the privilege of allowing me to go and spend a week at middle school camp. I've been able to direct a middle school camp or be part of middle school camp since 2007, and so it is a joy for me to always be able to go up to northern Indiana and uh, head up there and uh, three hours away and especially being able to take a group of uh, Branches kids. We had an awesome week, so thank you for your prayers. Thank you for, uh, for that. As a congregation, you pay for half of the scholarships. It's just so amazing what you guys do. But I, I, it's so fun to watch kids uh, grow in their faith and take that time. And I love that it's part of the culture here at this church. It's becoming even more and more part of this culture as our kids are getting older and as we have more kids coming. And so we're really excited about that. In two weeks, we get to go to high school camp. And that's where uh, I'm really excited this year. We've we got a good crew going to that as well. And uh, so if you have kids out there that still want to go, you can still sign them up. Uh, it'll be a really good week. We love our children here at the branches. We love uh, having them grow in understanding who Jesus is. That's why we're really excited about this coming week uh, for Mega Kids Camp. All right. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, it's so fun. I just I don't know what to say. Sometimes in worship I get so confused. That, well, I get confused a lot. But anyway, but I love this church. I really do. I love the heart of this church. Yeah, I do. I love the heart of this church. As I was watching... The worship, as I was worshiping, I mean, as the, I look up on the band and I just am reminded that they're all volunteers. That they just come with servant hearts to bring into the, us into the presence of God. It's a powerful reminder of what the church can be and do. And so collectively, we get to grow together. 
And that is just a powerful thing for us to always be reminded of. Would you pray with me? God, you are good. And we come before you right now knowing that uh, life can throw us so many different things. But yet you are steady. You are the one who keeps us steady. You are the one who allows for us to always be reminded that you are ahead of us, making a way for us, opening our hearts to hear in a way where we can grow closer to who you are calling us to become. So right now, let us hear from you. Let my words and the meditations of my heart be purely yours, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. I think a question that I remember as I was sitting in a seminary class, and it was a class where I was really not sure what kind of grade I would get. I was at that point when you're in higher ed, I guess, where you don't want to miss any points. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. College, that was not the case for me. But beyond college, uh, I was like, I don't want to miss any points at all. I want perfection here. And I remember sitting there feeling, feeling frustrated with maybe a grade that I received. And then the question like, came over me is, what am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here? Do I belong here? What am I really doing here? You know, and, and at that point, I was still seeking and trying to figure out my call in my life, my call into ministry, doing what this is, what I'm doing, I guess. And, and I was still trying to figure it out. And I remember I just came to the conclusion, I just want people to know about Jesus. That's it. That's it. And that was that one moment where I remember just sort of sitting in class, probably should have been paying attention so I would have had a better grade, I guess. But really coming down to that narrow funnel of what am I doing here? This is what I'm doing here. If this is a gateway to be able to do what I feel called to do, then I'll do it, right? After I graduated, I found myself in a church building, right? I was an associate pastor. I had my whole office. I could hang stuff up on walls. It was fancy. Uh, And I remember in that moment, too, about six months into being in their full-time ministry, Really awesome. And that question came back to me, what am I doing here? As I look at budgets and as I look at all of these different things, what am I doing here? Especially after taking kids to camp for the first time, I was like, no, Lord, what am I doing here? This is, it's hot, there's no air conditioning, no. What am I doing here? But I remember that question again and having to go through this whole process and finally getting to this point saying, I just want people to know who Jesus is. That's it. That was it for me. The thing is, is I believe that God has a call on each and every one of our lives. This month, this summer, we're going to be looking and going through the book of Acts, which is a very awesome book. And we're going to learn how we can activate our faith, activate our lives in a way where we understand what God has, is calling us to do with our life. What is God calling us to do in a way where we can see how He is at work in our life? The book of Acts is this beautiful book where we begin to see the birth of the church. Last week was Pentecost, and that Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit fell down upon God's people. It was that moment where all of a sudden God said, I am now in you. I want to be present in your life. And all that you do, that you know that I am with you. And it's this beautiful moment in the life of the church. It's this celebration for us still to this day. And it helps God's people begin to see how we can be activated. That we don't just have to sit here always and say, what am I here for? The book of Acts helps us see what we are here for. And that we can live it out. 
Uh, when I was in middle school, I, uh, I tried out for the basketball team in sixth grade, right? Tried out for the basketball team. Why? Because when I was in middle school in Indiana, that's what you did. You did that. We're from Indiana. It's what you do. You're a small town in Indiana. Clearly, you're going to be, you know, the next Hoosiers, you know, or whatever, you know. And also, it was the season of Michael Jordan. I was clearly going to be the next Michael Jordan. And I remember trying out for basketball in sixth grade, and I remember getting really excited about it. I was like, I think I'm going to make it. And then I went in. Have you ever gone through these cuts, you know, where they cut people? It's so fun. It's so great. And the thing is, is that maybe things in life don't change sometimes. Are you still in? I don't know. Anyway, but you go into the locker room, and the coach looks at me, and he says, if we could take one more player, we would take you. I'm like, does that mean you cut me? And, you know, I didn't understand. So, so I got cut. Didn't make the sixth grade team, and so whatever, because this is the thing. How many people know the Michael Jordan story, right? Michael Jordan got cut. I'm like, boom, same with me. I'm going to be the exact same as that. And so, like, he got cut. I got cut, too. I can relate. Mike, be like Mike. Get cut. And so then I try out the next year in seventh grade, right? Next year, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, I practiced. I'm ready to go. Here we go. Go into the locker room. Coach sits me down. He says, if we could take one more player, we would take you. I'm like, do you coaches go to conferences of how to cut people? It's the same line every time. And so I'm like, oh, no. And then I'm like, my story is going to be even better than Michael Jordan's story. I got cut twice. Take that. So then, eighth grade year, I had a little bit of a growth spurt. Not really. I'm still the same height as I was in seventh grade. And so anyway, so then I go in. And I'm like, here we go. I practice. I do good. I, I think I do good. My friends are like, you, you're getting better. You're getting better. I still have friends like that. You're getting better there, buddy. You know, anyway. And so I go in to the locker room again. And the coach looks at me. And he says, if we could take one more player, we would take you. So Michael Jordan had a three-peat two different times. I had a three-peat one time of getting cut three times in a row. So that's my, okay, that's, a joke was better in my head. So anyway. This is the thing that I learned in the book of Acts right off the bat that we learn is that there are no cuts. There are no cuts for God's people. There is no one that's God saying, if we could take one more person, we would take you. What we see right off the bat is that the Holy Spirit falls down and allows apostles to speak in languages that would include everybody around. Right in that very first moment, we see that everyone is a part of the team. Everyone is going to receive an invitation to become part of this team. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to Acts chapter 2, 42 is where we're going to start. And we're going to look at this passage, and we're going to see in this passage just again, what does it look like for us to be in fellowship with one another? What does it look like for the, the church to be the church? And when we see this, that everyone is part of a team, it allows for us to be activated and allows for us to grow into who God desires for us to be. So Acts chapter 2, 42 through 45. If you have your Bibles, have them open up here. There's some things that I think are important to underline. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now first, we have to understand as we set this tone, church was not like what church is today, right? There were no churches with steeples. We probably are a little bit more like churches because we don't have a building. We just meet in a rec center. We focus on fellowship, right? We want, we want community, and we want to be in the community. But there's not churches like, it wasn't like you would step into a community and be like, everybody goes to church, or at least they tell you to go to church so you won't invite them to church, that kind of stuff, right? And so they don't have that. So this is really this rogue movement that is happening as we read it right here. This is something that not everybody was doing. So when we look at it, these are some primary things that we have. So I encourage you in that first part, in verse 42, where the apostles' teachings, where they, they draw themselves to fellowship and in the breaking of the bread. Underline that. These are important pieces. These are important pieces for it. And then we see even later, it says, then we eat again. I think that's why I really love this. Jesus taught his church to eat. I am so good at eating. I love eating. It's so good. But when we think about eating, what do we think about? We are around a table. We are connecting with others, right? We're connecting with others. And we're also talking about how we're disappointed that the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell is already gone. But I am proud that people have realized that the Mexican pizza is one of the greatest pieces of food ever made. It. I don't know. Is it a piece of food? Let's just say it, it is. Anyway, but, but that eating of meals is so important because it draws people in to fellowship. Now, the fellowship is a unique fellowship. It's a unique community. It's not just like going to Kiwanis. It's not just like going to a chamber. It's not just like going and hanging out with your family at the lake house. This is a unique fellowship. Now, I'm not going to go off and be like, let's sell everything on our own. That's not, I don't think that was the point of this passage. What the point of this passage, when he, says, when he was talking about they sold everything, to come together. This is the point. They were realizing that we have to be countercultural. When Paul is saying this here, or when we're saying this in John, I mean, when John is saying this, he's saying the early church recognized that they had to live differently than the current culture. They had to live in a way that was setting themselves apart. And when they would do that, that's when they really became activated. That's when people began to take notice that there is something different about these followers of Jesus. This is good. There's something different about the culture. So there's things that we do as a community where we become to be very generous. We want to give more than we bring in. We want to be generous people. We want to make sure that we are able to uh, be filled with kindness in all that we do. We want to make sure that we are, are welcoming to people and not just an isolated community. We want to live by the teachings of the Scriptures because we recognize that the Scriptures are our authority. And we want to live into them, follow them, and believe in the power of being transformed by Christ. When we understand that our fellowship is unique in that way, it begins to have our hearts evaluate what we are after and what we are for. It is an important moment here in this moment right here. 
that we begin to see that we are called to live differently. I love it. Fellowship, eating meals, and they devoted themselves to prayer. Are we devoted to prayer? Are they devoted to... Jack, can you run up here really quick? Jack was like, come on, man. I believe in you. I believe in you. All right, awesome. Can you throw on this mic really quick? This has not worked out before, so I'm putting Jack completely on the spot who is at camp this week. Are we on? Oh, we are. Okay. We talked about prayer the last day. Do you remember this? What does the P stand for? I don't remember. Oh, man. No, think about it. If you get started. Oh, here, here, phone a friend. Emmy. Emmy has it. What is it? Pause. That's a then... Okay, what's the R for? Rejoice. What's the A for? Ask. What's the Y for? Yield. Oh, everybody give Jack and Emmy a round of applause. Oh, that's so good. When we become a people of prayer, we have to take time every day to set it aside. And that first one, that can be hard. I think it was good. We set that, you set that up perfect, Jack. The first one is always hard, is to actually pause and pray. Right? The P is just pausing. You've got to pause. You've got to take time to make sure that you're, you, you actually communicate with God. Right? And if we're all honest, there are days that go by and slip by and we forget that we even talk to God. And He is always ready to hear. So we have to pause. The next is that we rejoice. And when we rejoice, right, when we praise God together, we are reminded that we put, that we put God above ourselves. God needs our praise. He needs our rejoice. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. And then we ask. Usually I ask a lot from God, but he is ready to listen. And then why is yield? We yield. This guy who came up with this was British, so he says weird things sometimes. But yield is surrender. Lord, I'm yours. Let your will be done. And so the early church, when they started, they made sure to be in fellowship. They made sure to make sure they lived counterculturally so that everyone that they knew would be fed. So they had meals for everyone. They wanted to live in that way that no one would be left out because even back then it was a pride thing. Look at us. We have food. You don't. But they made sure to draw people in that they all ate and they prayed. They prayed daily. They prayed in the morning, in the afternoon, and night. And this is what made the church begin. This is what made the church grow in numbers. This is what activated lives. And this is what God is calling for us and calling from us. He wants us to be people who walk with Him daily, who go after Him and seek Him. And we look through the Scriptures and we see these things take place. And we wonder sometimes, why am I not activated? Why am I not going forward? And you have to ask yourself, have I been in fellowship with people? Have I talked about Jesus with a group of people? Have I had meals? Have I prayed? God then wants to activate them. It says in 1 John 1.7, it says this, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. Does anybody remember DC Talk? Anybody? Anybody? Do I got some? Oh man, old school DC Talk. Christian, yep, back in the day. But they had a song where it was, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heaven. When we are in fellowship and community with each other, we begin to shine a radiant light. We begin to have this life of ours that grows deeply. 
we begin to understand that when we live together, when we do life together, we check in with one another, that we can live and then we can come alive. That when we work, we make sure that our work is getting done, but it is also always focused on kingdom of God. No matter what we do. No matter when we say, what am I doing here? It may be a teacher, it may be a nurse, it may be so many different things. But that question is then answered with, whatever I do here, I make sure that it is for the kingdom of God. I will treat people well. I will care for my employees. I will care for my employer. I will live deeply for them. And I will love. I will live work and I will love well. I will love at all times. I will love God. I will love my neighbor. I will love my enemy. I will love the person who puts signs up in their yard that maybe I don't agree with. I will still love them. I will love in a way that it will tear down walls instead of build walls. Love is transforming and love is triumph. Love triumphs over Satan all the time. And then I will worship God. When we live in this fellowship where we become activated, we live and we work and we love and we worship God with everything that we have. We have it and we desire it. When we live in community, it becomes a very beautiful thing. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this, It is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren. By Thursday at camp, this is something that all the counselors have to just repeat to themselves as they have kids in their cabin, right? Grace, grace, grace. Give these kids grace. Give these kids grace, right? But it's true. For us to live in a healthy community, we have to give each other grace. God designed us in a way where we would not always have the same opinions. God designed us in a way where we would not always be the same. But with grace, we can function together. With grace, we can be activated together. God is on the move in our lives. God is still on the move in our lives. And He wants you to have an active faith in everything that you do. He wants you to be present in all situations. He wants you to not just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and say, I wonder what I'm supposed to do. He wants you to understand that He has a call for your life. That He wants you to understand that He has a community for your life as well. And He wants you to go and be active and activated faith in all that you have. I believe that we are in a season right now where we get to choose to follow Jesus in a way and to choose to follow Him so that we have an active heart pursuing Him in all things. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we come before You right now. And we are grateful for the love that You have for us. And we are thankful that You have called us into community with one another. And Lord, we praise You because You are worthy of our praise and that You shower us with Your grace and Your love daily. For us right now, if there's any of us who are feeling alone, if there's any of us who are feeling not connected, if we feel lost, or if we feel that we've been pondering on this question far too long of what am I doing here, Lord, I just pray right now that we all just put our hands out in front of us and say, Lord, connect me. Lord, connect me to You. Lord, connect me to this community. Lord, help my heart to be in pursuit of You. Lord, help me to understand how Your love can fill me in a way where I am not alone. I am not alone. For those of us who are ready to have an activated faith, 
where we've just been able to just sort of coast a little bit or we've been confused about what is next or how we should do different things, I pray right now that, Lord, we just, we just come in this season and we say, God, I'm asking for us, just asking for you to activate my faith. Let it go. I'm, trying, I'm tired of trying to hold it back. Lord, activate my faith so that you are number one in my life and there's nothing keeping me back from you. God, you are good. Amen. Here at the branches, we, we celebrate communion in a way where all who believe and confess in Jesus are welcome to the table. And so on your way in, I encourage you, if you didn't, uh, grab some communion and you are able to take communion with us in this day. But we're reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus. And in that sacrifice of Jesus, He laid His life down for us. And we see in the Gospel of John that He says, there is no one better to lay your life down than your friend. And He says, I am your friend. Jesus is our friend. And He lays His life down for us so that we can have life. So in this moment right now, we are reminded that we, we want to confess the sin in our life, to release it so that we can be filled with the love of God. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, right now we confess to you in the stillness and the silence of our hearts the things that we have placed ahead of you. And so, Lord, please take them from us. Let us not be bound to them any longer. Lord, thank you for your grace and your forgiveness that makes us new. Now please, Lord, fill us up with your love and your grace so that we can go and serve you in this week. In your name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you and the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink. O holy God, you are filled with love and grace. Now let us go from this place and share your love and grace with all those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us stand and worship God as we head on out to the mission field this week. Let us stand and praise Jesus.